Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. Seconds out. Hello, Sport D Song Boxing Podcast listeners, and welcome to round 42 of the Sport D Song Boxing Podcast with myself, Alex LeBox, and as always, Rob Boxing Shrew. Rob, how are you on this Merry, Merry Christmas end of year podcast? I'm good, mate. It doesn't feel like, um, it feels like way more than two weeks since the last, last we've done one. Like, so much has happened, hasn't it? Absolutely. Well, you've been out in San Francisco for a start. Yeah. And uh, we're going to be coming on to that shortly. But on this podcast, Rob, it is our end of year awards. And there's four categories, Sport De Song listeners. It's going to be best fighter, best KO knockout, fight of the year and breakthrough boxer of the year. Great categories, Rob. We're looking forward to it. It's coming up a little later on in the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it should be good, mate. I can't believe it's been a year since the last one when we had Bivol and to think he hasn't fought for 12 months is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. We had Bivol, um, Tasha Jonas, uh, yeah. there was, was lots of great names. Liam Davies has gone on again to have a great year. Some great names came out in last year's vote. That is all coming up, Sporty Song listeners, along with some Twitter boxing guests as well. How lucky are you, Rob? Where should we kick off in the world of boxing news uh, just to sort of bring everyone up to date? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll start summarise um, Arizona on, on Saturday, um, Bam Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some fight, Rob, to sort of cap off the year in boxing. Um, it feels like we've been waiting for this fight or certainly a, a, a Mr. Sonny Edwards has been waiting for this fight pretty much his whole career it seems like doesn't it uh he sort of put his career on ice for this particular fight and uh it, it lived up to the hype didn't it well i think he finally met his match and i think this is what it was all about for him though wasn't it you know going in with someone who was actually gonna give him give him a test because he hadn't really had one today and he was very honest about that um i mean we'll talk about the tactics in a second but it felt like a bit of a beatdown in the end yeah, um, I, I, like I said, we're going to talk about it in a moment. But what what I found strange, Rob, and um, uh, quote me if I'm wrong here, but we, we saw a Sonny Edwards that we've not really seen before. He seemed to meet Bam Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez toe for toe in the middle of the ring. I, for one, found it very strange to not see um, Sonny Edwards dancing on the ropes, doing what we know he does. He He almost met Bam Rodriguez right in the centre of the ring. Strange tactics and a strange way to go about this particular fight, wasn't it? Crazy, crazy. I mean, Sonny's not got a record that presents any sort of power that he's shown. And to, I know he, he had the um, the eye injury very early and he's, it was affecting his vision, but you don't go in the pocket with, with Bam Rodriguez. It's, it's, it's a sort of 
crazy, crazy tactic. And um, I mean, he did very well to stay in there and he give as good as he got, but the power wasn't there. So he wasn't, re- you know, none of his shots were really registering or hurting Bam. Um, everything Bam was throwing back was marking him, hurting him, knocking him back. And, you know, Sonny showed a lot of heart to stay in there as long as he did in the end with those tactics. I just thought, you, you know, you've waited so long. If he'd have just boxed and moved and been evasive and been awkward, made it a bit of a stinker, he could have been walking away with Bam's belt. I really think so. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, um, I, I agree with everything you say there. What, what I want to ask is, did we see a, a boxer caught up in the moment, caught up in his career and caught up, you know, almost caught out trading with the puncher of that division? But, you know, the key the key point I want to make is, do, do you reckon he was just caught up in the magnitude of this fight? A little bit. I mean, the reason he said he stayed in the pocket was because he's his double vision. He couldn't figure out whether he was in range or out of range, you know, which bam do you aim for kind of thing, if you can yeah. see a few of him. Uh, I mean, that's your worst nightmare, isn't it? Um, like I say, the heart of him to stay in there for as long as he did, um, he was very honest in the fact that he told his corner to pull the fight. Not many fighters admit that. Um, mm. Did he quit? No. I, I think um, he, he saved himself for another day. Um, and he conceded that he'd lost to the better guy. I mean, it's very easy to say, yeah, if it wasn't for the orbital, you know, fracture, you know, we've had Kel Brook say that before, but how did he get the fracture? It was from a fight with Bam Rodriguez, wasn't it? So um, that's how I see it. I mean, I wouldn't watch it again. I don't think there'll be any sort of rematch going forward, but um, Sonny Edwards will pick up more more world titles, I have no doubt. Yeah, it's, it, it is a strange one. And, and, and you know, if, if we're keeping on the sort of notion of, of, of the performance uh, for, from Bam Rodriguez, what, what I want to say about his performance is I, I have to put my hold my hands up here, Rob, and, and sport the song listeners. I didn't see that performance coming from Bam. I know many, many did. Uh, a, a lots of uh, American supporters saw Bam dishing out this this type of punishment but for me and i have to hold my hand up here i i you know i was firmly behind a sunny edwards points uh decision and and i couldn't see bam rodriguez getting to sunny edwards how wrong was i rob um i'm completely with you i even put my money where my mouth was and i had 30 quid on um sunny to win on points um i I felt like it was printing money in the build-up but I should have gone with Bam stoppage. Um, yeah, I, I was very, very surprised. But I think after four or five rounds, I felt that this is only going one way um, because he started losing. I felt the only way Sonny would win would be on points. And um, the fact he was losing these rounds because he was he was trading with him and losing the, the trade-offs, suddenly winning on points wasn't even enough. And, and that's probably why they pulled it in a way because there was no way he was going to win that fight after being behind at sort of seven, eight rounds, you know. Yeah, and um, you know, we, we look at the performance from ba- from Bam. Take nothing away from him. You know, it's boxing, Rob. You said it. You know, Sonny Edwards got that injury to his eye because of Bam's boxing ability. Um, he sat in the pocket. We've never seen Edwards do that before. Um, he almost wanted to fight fire with fire against. I said it earlier. The puncher of the decision. Very strange, Rob. Sonny Edwards is casting for me a little bit of a lost figure. Um, I wrote an article this week uh, called Exile, which is a little bit of a, a play on the fight, but it's looking at, you know, what the boxers do when they, when they lose, where do they go? We, we call, 
boxing the loneliest sport it is, isn't it? But what, where does Sonny go from here? How does he, how does he pick himself up? Just go again, get get that eye sorted and go again. I think he's made that pretty clear that he wanted the opportunity to be in his big fights, his big fights only. Um, I think he's had to eat a bit of humble pie. You know, he's, he's very, um, I've had my own run-ins with him on Twitter and um, <laughs> it's, you know, he's an acquired taste. But you have to say that the way he's handled things, um, the first tweet he put out said, wow, bam, fuck me up, basically. Um, mm. And went on to, you know, embrace the, you know, not the hate, but, you know, the Mickey taking that some people have thrown his way. And he's actually took it really well. And um, I'm not one for piling on someone. I mean, it would have been very easy to chuck a meme out there. But I thought, you know, what, I'm just not going to post anything because why would you do that? You know, British fighters gone, like I said before, whatever you think of him, British fighters gone to America to unify and it's not worked out. But he will win more world titles. And um, yeah, I think he's shown a bit of humility as well, which um, people have grown to a little bit more in, in defeat, which is a, a funny way of looking at it. Yeah, we, we, we appear to be seeing a slight different edge to the Sunny Edwards. But now, he'll be back. The, the, the Sunny Edwards 21 and 0. We're seeing a new version, but um, oh, yeah. But all, um, of that, um, all of that merchandise has gone to waste. It's oh, a unified champion 21 and 0. I know. Listen, uh, look, shout out to Sonny Edwards. Yeah. We, 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 you know, he, he has carried that mantle for British boxing. He went out there and fought uh, out in America and uh, came short. Bam Rodriguez, uh, Rob, sky's the limit for him, isn't it, in regards to belts, divisions, big fights. Um, Bam's got, got this open road um, sort of ahead of him, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, whether he'll want to go and try and go undisputed at, you know, at fly, then, you know, that that could be one route. Um, there will be super fights as he as he heads up towards sort of super fly and bantam. I think that's where he'll start picking up the the huge money and the you know the big fights. But um, he's just entered the top ten of a ring pound for pound. Um, the the size will hinder bam like will the power carry because he's only like five foot four five foot three mm. you know these were two, two quite small guys um so that will be the the thing for me a little bit like a new way how far does he go up before the power doesn't register anymore um yeah. so that will be very interesting but he's, he's 23 alex like i mean he's so young as well to to have done what he's done already at this at this age um He's got so much time ahead of him and, you know, he could do with a rest now. Absolutely. And uh, you, you talk about his age. We talk about these new boxers coming through. 2023 has been a fantastic year for boxing and sport this song on this podcast. Sport to song listeners, we are we have got our end of year awards. And I, I said the categories at the beginning of the podcast. It's best fighter, best KO, fight of the year and break through boxer stay tuned in because myself and rob and some guests from twitter boxing are going to be going through those categories it's going to be great great fun rob um you, you've come through to the podcast as california shrew i've just seen it <laughs> you, you know you, you, you've been out in um san francisco what a beautiful time you had out there i've i was lucky enough to be chatting to you and following your holiday it was great fun um you know you had a holiday but you also got to watch devin haney and Regis Progray in what was quite a spectacle, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. Like the whole build up the week was was fantastic. Um, didn't realise I'd love the city as much as I did as well. And wow, um, throw the boxing in the middle of that. Yeah, it was 
it sounds cheesy, but it was a bit of a dream come true. You know, it was um, yeah. uh, sort of real bucket list stuff. Several things I did there, including the boxing and, um, uh, you know, the weigh-in was was intense. That was so good. Um, obviously, Haney with his little um, McGregor impression. Fuck the Haney's. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, was, yeah. it was very funny, but it didn't work out very well for him the next night. Um, I thought Haney was outstanding. Um, yeah. Made Regis Progray, who's a world-class world champion, look pretty ordinary and i think he really did show that like he's in that elite bracket now yeah and i i, I don't know what we contribute towards that whether it's weight cuts beforehand but what what i want to say rob is that we we truly saw that haney we've been waiting to see the cambosos fights the lomachenko fights this fight against regis progre we finally saw that Devin Haney we've all been waiting to see. And it was glorious, wasn't it? Um, even uh, Regis Progre came out and he said... Uh, that motherfucker is, is good. Yeah, that motherfucker is good. And look, let's face it, he looked like a million dollars in there, didn't he? And especially at this weight. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and a lot of people were saying, you know, questioning his power because he's he's missed the unanimous decision at the minute. I think his last seven or eight fights have all been on points. But um, I know it was the same this time around. But he, he certainly showed that power and he hurt Progre several times and dropped him. Um, maybe it, you mentioned the weight there. It, it, it's got to be, hasn't it? I mean, even, I mean, I put out on the night when I was there, but it was just amazing. The size of Haney's back and his shoulders, considering this was his first um first fight at super lightweight or mm. light welter if you like and i thought wow this guy could go through through welter super welter to be a middleweight one day like he'd look massive you'd never thought he was the one who'd just stepped up you know uh, well, I, I absolutely you know weight is always a factor isn't it and um we watched him against lomachenko and i think one of the things that came from that fight was how oppressive he was in the ring all of his work was was very oppressive and it, it almost sort of shut out anything that Lomachenko was trying trying to do and we, we take that that size of him in you know into this new weight category and he seemed to fit like an absolute glove excuse yeah. the pun um but yeah Progre um was knocked down at one point it was a great punch if I recollect it correctly he he, he didn't jab um, yeah. he just moved straight in and uh caught him with a straight right and it was uh it caught quick. too quick yeah. it's very very quick it caught program off guard and it's it's great to see Haney boxing like this um for me Rob after that performance I know you've always been uh, a bit of a sort of fanboy of Devin Haney guilty and, and, uh, yeah and, and and I really think uh we're seeing Haney come to the fore and it's uh it's going to be some ride isn't it yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, the thing with Haney is he's always had the, oh, you've had it easy coming through compared to some of these other lads, like, you know, like Progre, I mean, at the higher end sort of tank. Um, Ryan Garcia to a lesser extent and, you know, Shakur Stevenson. Um, I I think he's he could beat them all. I, I really do. I think tank, you know, the tank fighters, um, you know, the one everyone's talking about, but Tank's a super feather that's, you know, fighting at lightweight at the minute. Um, you know, Haney outgrew lightweight. I just think the if you add the talent to the size, I think I think he'd beat Tank. I really do. I, I, I like Tank, but he's not a super lightweight. He's a super feather that's bloomed up to be a lightweight, you know. Yeah. And the 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 the, the noises around Javonta Davis uh, coming out and fighting Haney are getting louder, but potentially 2024 could 
bring that fight. But and Ryan Garcia as well, and Haney Ryan has Garcia. been mentioned today. It's looking like Ryan Garcia is probably going to try and uh, fight, swerve that fight. It's a good, it's a good fight, and it's uh, it's good to see Rob these fights come to fruition because we we spoke in 2022 about the lightweight division um, all coming up and fighting each other, and it's uh, it seems to be taking. Throwing them Tiafimo Lopez, by the way. Yeah, you can't discount uh, Mr. Lopez. So that's uh, it's all very good to see. Sport to Song listeners, we are shortly coming on to our end of year award ceremony. How great is that going to be in those four categories? Nice, short and sharp. We're hoping to give you some very interesting results. And at the end of it, myself and Rob are going to come together with a conclusive list for you to take away and enjoy. Before that, Rob, we've got a bit of a uh, event happening in Saudi Arabia. The day day of reckoning. There's been zombies. There's been uh, <laughs> Eddie Hearns shaking hands and sharing microphones um, with Queensbury, Frank Warren. Frank Warren. You know, it's we've had uh, Dev Sarni out there being ignored, or certainly sort of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's been going snubbed. on with him. and Yeah, yeah, snubbed by Anthony Joshua. Um, th- these Saudi events aren't going away. We spoke about it on the last podcast, but it's Anthony Joshua fight week. It's Deontay Wilder fight week. Bivol, Opatai, the list goes on, doesn't it? It's uh, <laughs> th- 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 They are some big names in boxing, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a who's who. Um, the, the right-hand side isn't quite as strong, but I think that's probably how some of these names have been justified being further down the card when they used to being um, headliners. But, um, yeah, it's great. Just I put a thing out earlier saying sort of what sort of parallel universe are we in where I'm seeing pictures of Frank Warren with a DAZN microphone and Eddie Hearn on TNT. Like, I'm all for it. Like, it, it's, it's a shame that it's the Saudi money that is the only sort of thing that will create this because I can't see Eddie Hearn going over to TNT during a, a British fight week. Um, but hey, if this happens once or twice a year to get the big fights over the line, I think we're just going to have to be resigned to it now. Um, but the event itself on Saturday is fantastic. Yeah. Rob, um, last year, if you remember, we had many conversations about certain fights happening and we always brought up the broadcasting and the promoters as being an issue, a stumbling block, something that, you know, they couldn't get over and the fight would just wouldn't happen because there, there, there's, there's no way of, um, you're of not fighting coming, on air channel. That's no, thing. I, I, yeah. There's no way of it coming to an agreement. This is, this has solved that in, in, in a way, uh, in, in a massive um, way. We've got these huge Saudi shows. I know obviously a lot of us can't be there to watch them. We don't get the, the, the sort of idea of the atmosphere, but it, it does solve that problem, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the money is just so there's just so much of it and the, you know the figures are so high they have to work together like that that's where it's at i mean um i don't know where this leaves boxer i mean they're nowhere to be seen with with this you know um but if it takes a bottomless pit of money to get frank and eddie at a table and getting these fights put together then i guess we're gonna have to you know suck it and see really um but you don't have to like it but we're all gonna watch it aren't we yeah, we're all going to watch it. Um, Rob, without us going through every single fight, is there any any fight on there you feel could be uh, be a bit of an upset um, in regards to the sort of big four, possibly even the uh, the Dubois fight? I think of the 
of the four, well, of the four and the Dubois fight as a five, I think the biggest chance of an upset is Joseph Parker. Um, I, I think, um, I do think Wilder will beat him, but I think that Parker will pick up rounds. I mean, it could go one round, you don't know, but I think at the time of a stoppage, I think that Parker will be ahead. I think he's a better boxer uh, than Wilder. He's got a better boxing IQ than Wilder, but he he's proven that when he gets worn down and when he gets hit, I mean, if you look at Joe Joyce, Joe Joyce don't snap as much as Wilder does. Um, he will tumble over, but um, I think I'd probably go with Parker as the, the the wild card of the of the show. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good shout. Um, what about you? Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't look at that list and see there being any issues for the left side. Um, we've spoken about this extensively. Uh, what, what I want to say, Rob, and you're going to be surprised by this. Um, I, I, I think. You know, if you look at this year, I've had a lot to say about Anthony Joshua. I don't think have I've you? Been, I, I, I hadn't noticed. Listen, I, I, I don't think I've been negative. I, <laughs> there, 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 there is certainly not, not um, one inch of me that wants to bash any boxer down for what they do in the ring. But obviously, you know, being part of a podcast, we have to be critical sometimes. And I've and said honest, that, yeah. and honest, and I and, I, and I've said that I, f- I felt at times Anthony Joshua has lost his ability to box now what i want to say on this one rob is this is the perfect stage now deontay wilder's going to be there the eyes are going to be on him he's fighting uh wallin who is it's a it's a real good chance here for anthony joshua to make a statement moving forward we've seen a stumbling aj you know we've seen him obviously get the knockout in the last fight but i just really feel now he needs to you know puff his chest out and go in there and make a real destructive uh, destructive impression on on this event and uh, yeah i think all the eyes are on him i think after the fact that wilder would have already fought by the time he gets in the ring as well i think that's a big factor so he'll know what wilder will have done or or not done um so yeah i mean i think wallin's a bigger test for for joshua than some people are thinking you know i mean uh, you know he he gave fury a, a difficult night um I know that the cut didn't help, but, um, you know, he's on a good run since. He's only lost the Fury and beat Gassiev, who's a, you know, he was inactive, but um, a great cruiserweight, Gassiev, who, who came up. Um, I, I think it might take a, a, a good few rounds for, for Joshua to to work him out. Um, I do yeah. think he'll get over the line as well, but, um, yeah, he's no mug walling. No, and that this is what I'm saying. I think it's a good chance for Joshua to put himself back on the map, back on the reckoning of that day getting reckoning. back. Yeah. The day of the reckoning of getting that title back, Rob, anything else we want to touch on before we move on to our end of year award ceremony? Um, just that I'm absolutely sick of Jarrell Miller already. And it's um, only what, what are we on Wednesday fight week? <laughs> um, that guy, like, to have, I mean, you almost have to praise the bollocks on him to, to stick it on Joshua when I thought, you know, you're the one who gave away the bag because you're injecting stuff in your system. Like, like to have the audacity to to even come at Joshua, come at Dubois in the way you have. I mean, um, I can't believe it only took until last night for someone to actually mention he was a drug cheat. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not one for hoping someone loses, but I, I really, really hope Daniel Dubois pans him on Saturday night. Love it. I, I, th- that's exactly what we want to hear on the podcast, Rob. Now, Sport to Song listeners, it is time for you to grab a mince pie, gather Ugh. around the Christmas tree. Oh, come on. You've got to like oh, a mince I pie. I hate get, mince pies. There we go. Get, gather around the Christmas tree and get ready for the 2023 Sport to Song 
ceremony. Award ceremony, let's go. Okay, Sport D Song listeners, and welcome to the 2023 Sport D Song Award Ceremony. And to kick off, me and Rob welcome Matt from Counterpunch on Twitter Boxing. Matt, welcome to the Sport D Song Boxing Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Very well. I hope you've got a mince pie in hand. It being Christmas. Um, I know you and Rob have all already had a bit of a punch up in regards to Shrewsbury <laughs> and Carlisle, uh, yeah. but we won't we won't go into that. This is a boxing podcast, Rob. Um, where should we start with Matt from Counterpunch um, in regards to the categories? Yeah, um, so straight off the bat, then Matt, um, who's your fighter of the year and why? Right, so I'm going to put a bit of a disclaimer around this one purely because we're we're recording this before Boxing Day. So if Inoue wins on Boxing Day, I would probably be choosing him. Yeah. But on the basis he hasn't had that fight yet, I'm going to go for Devin Haney. Um, okay. Simply because I think he just keeps on impressing me every time I see him fight. I think to beat Lomachenko, and I know that divided opinion, but in my, you know, I think it was a close enough fight that you know I was fine with the decision going his way. I think to have jumped off two fights against Cambosis, jumped into Lomachenko, and then to have stepped up and beat Progress convincingly as he did, I think that just warrants it for me. And I know people will, you know, can say after the event that Progray was past it, but uh, nobody expected him to, to beat him as convincingly as he did. So, yeah, Devin Haney for me. Brilliant, brilliant. Alex, what do you think? I think it's fantastic. I absolutely, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, beautiful. It's, I think it's a great pick uh, for Fighter of the Year. Just obviously echoing what you just said there, Matt, is it's, it's been a great year and he capped it off. We've just spoken about... Um, Haney uh, on the last part of the podcast and he, he, we really saw um, the Haney we've all been waiting for um, at this new weight and uh, I think it's an absolutely uh, fantastic pick Rob, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree, I'm a fanboy, I always have been <laughs> uh, yeah. um, Okay, good well, so that's, that, that's a great start there Matt, the next category I'm going to introduce, we've gone for best fighter of the year Best KO. I know Counterpunch, you've done a great series on Twitter um, leading up to Christmas Advent with KOs. But what's been your best KO of 2023? So this is quite a tough one. Obviously, there's, there's plenty to choose from. I've, I've gone for one that perhaps is not necessarily the most devastating KO, but the one that kind of made me sit up the most. And, and you and I were actually at that fight, Alex. It's um, Zhili Zhang's KO of Joe Joyce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we were both there, Matt. Um, the the one word I would use to describe that particular punch was thunderous, wasn't it? The yeah. first one or the second one? Sorry, second fight. The second fight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was absolutely thunderous. Um, we were all in shock. Um, the, the the sound of Joyce hitting the canvas. You know, I know it's not a great thing to to muse over, but uh, oh, it was. Uh, yeah. That, that's a great KO. Rob, what are you thinking of that one? Sorry, Alex, I lost your breath. That's right. No, what, what were you thinking of that KO, Rob? Gilles I Zhang. thought it was, it was brilliant. I mean, um, obviously, I was massively on the camp of, you know, trying for Joe to get repeat, uh, sorry, revenge. But, um, yeah, it was, it just, Zhang just showed that the flaws in, in Joe's defence, which is basically his, his chin isn't it and um first time he's gone in with a big horrible hard punching heavyweight in it and it backfired so um yeah fantastic year for Zhang albeit he's fought the same 
same guy twice and beating him. He's put himself in the mix for some massive fights next year, hasn't he, Matt? Definitely. And I think um, I think what it was about that particular punch is, as you say, we're so used to seeing Joyce take punishment. He's come up against a big puncher. And, and whilst that first fight, obviously, you know, ended early, he was starting to build his way into it. And obviously the eye injury, I guess that was consistency of punching. But to mm-hmm. see him knocked down and, and knocked out, um, you know, we all wait to see how he recovers from that. But as you say, Zhang will be sitting, he'll be waiting. He'll probably have one eye on what's happening this weekend, perhaps, with some yeah. heavyweights fighting there. And I'm sure he'll be going to get out again in 2024. Yeah, it's been Brilliant. really it's been really impressive seeing uh, Zhili Zhang in those two fights. We uh, He did come up against um, a boxer in Joyce who just fit the mantle for, um, for Zhili Zhang. You know, he was very stiff. He didn't move a lot. And I think Zhang... It was the perfect um, uh, opponent for him in, in respect to that. But uh, yeah, great, great KO. And, uh, it's a great shout. It's one I hadn't even considered, but it is a great shout. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Rob, go on. What's the next category? Um, for yeah, fight of the year, please, Matt. So for this one, I've gone for Cyrus Pattinson and Connor Walker. Yeah. Um, obviously, the, the first fight, the, the rematch has just been announced. Yeah. Uh, I saw Cyrus fight Chris Jenkins at the beginning of the year, and I, and I was really impressed. That was another sort of really tough fight and I just thought to myself at the time Cyrus can't afford to be in too many of these and he fought the wrong fight for me but by doing that it just made it a brilliant spectacle a bit like the uh, Sonny Edwards one everyone expected him to to be evasive everybody probably expected Cyrus to sit behind his jab in that fight he didn't he just went toe to door and obviously he got knocked down I think three or four times pulled out in the end Um, but I just thought it was fantastic watching yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I've got a few friends who um, are sort of connected to Connor Walker's gym in Wolverhampton, not far from here. And um, they said it was um, one of the best fights I've ever seen live. So, um, yeah, that was that was on my shortlist also. Yeah, um, I, I just want to cap in and say um, whenever Rob, whenever there's a, a fight night on, uh, Matt, I get frantic uh, WhatsApp messages from Rob. And, <laughs> and, 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 and um, th- th- this was one of them. Fucking hell, you watching this fight? He's like, yeah, he's like, you better be watching this one. Like screaming down the phone at me. But um, yeah, I, 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 I completely, this is a great fight. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was one of those fights that if you're there live, you, you don't forget easy, do you? It's just, um, it, it's tremendous to see two boxers go toe to toe like that. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, it's a great, great um, selection there, Matt, I'd say. I think the rematch is going to be really intriguing because I think Cyrus, he can't afford to do that again. You know, he's got to fight a completely different fight. And, you know, there's a hell of a lot on the line for Cyrus come, uh, come February next year. Yeah, no, it's a great shout. Connor Walker will also be fighting for a matchroom contract if he, uh, if he wins again. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great shout, um, Matt. I think that probably the most important category, sport to song listeners, is the breakthrough. I think we came uh, last year. Me and Rob were very much in the uh, Davies, Liam Davies category for this because Liam Davies had a fantastic twenty twenty two. Matt from Counterpunch, who's your breakthrough of twenty twenty three? This is possibly going to be a bit of an obvious choice, um, but I'm going to go for Moses Atalma. Um, yep. purely because, I mean, everybody expected him to have, you know, to, to sort of burst onto the scene, to use a Mika Richards analogy. <laughs> um, but he's had seven fights, seven victories. I think five of them came in the first round. There was a couple where they went to points and, you know, that was good to get those rounds under his belt, even though it, you know some people were critical of him. I just think he's he's been everything I expected of him. 
plus a little bit more. I know you can question the caliber of opponents, but he's in his first year of professional boxing, so you're not going to be fighting, you know, hard names straight away. And I'm just really intrigued to see how they build him next year. Um, yeah, I think he's, so he's young in there. as well. Exactly, and he's in there. You know, he's helping Tyson. I think at the moment, prepare for for his fight with Usyk next year. And I just think, you know, I'm glad they shook the mantle of he's going to be the youngest heavyweight. That kind of that, they, kept, they stayed with that for a couple of months, and then you had those two six rounders, and that kind of they stopped saying that, which I think is of benefit to him. Um, but I think no, I think look, seven fights in your debut year, seven victories. You can't ask for anything more. And I think he's really one to, to watch out for for the future. Do you think um, Do you think Moses was given a bit of unneeded pressure, Matt, by um, Queensbury at the time when they said that this guy was going to break Tyson's record of being the youngest world heavyweight champion? Do you think that was a, a mantle they didn't really need to put around his neck? 100%. Because, look, it's heavyweight boxing at the end of the day. And if you're able to achieve that, brilliant. But I think that's why there was a lot of criticism after, you know, he won those two first fights. Yes, they were, they were pushovers. He then had those two six-rounders and immediately people were saying, oh, well, he's not going to do it now. He's not going to achieve it. And I'm, at that point, as I say, I'm glad that they just stepped back from that. But yeah, definitely put pressure on him up front. But, you know, he's, he's delivered. And I think he will become a champion at some level. And it'd be interesting to see how far he can go. But he's probably coming through at the right time as, as the sort of the names we all know start to step away from the sport over the next two to three years. He'll be there and, you know, who knows how far he can go. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's a fantastic shout. I, I completely agree with what you both said, though. I think um, Queensbury, uh, I'm not going to say shot themselves in the foot, but certainly from a marketing point of view, um, I think Moses Atoma could have had an easier ride, not in the boxing ring, but um, <laughs> in, in, in the pressure that we know media can can cause uh, around him and th- th- there was like a needless um, pressure I would say in regards to putting that mantle on top of him as, of, of being um, the youngest heavyweight um, I believe he's only he's still a teenager now I think 18 he's only, isn't he he's yeah, 18 sure. or 19 years yeah. of age and um, it, it, that, that that's nothing um, not only in regards to boxing but in life and for him to be conducting himself in such a professional way, getting in the ring and, and, and sort of getting that experience um, with everybody's eyes on on him, you know, uh, not just obviously the, the Queensbury uh, guard. Um, yeah, he's carried that weight and he's um, he, he's looked he's looked good doing it. So it's a fantastic shout from Matt. Um, Matt, listen, it's uh, first time on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Hopefully, you'll join us. Uh, next year in 2024. Um, how's things going with Counterpunch and where can we find you on Twitter and your work? Yeah, so it's all going really, really well. It's been a good year, sort of covering some live events, um, both myself and through Fight Post, which is another site. Um, you can get me at, at T Counterpunch on uh, X as it now is, Twitter, uh, and, or www.thecounterpunch.co.uk. And obviously just trying to bring interesting articles and up-to-date previews and reviews so yeah any support is greatly appreciated and it's been really great to be on excellent nice one Matt I think the first time I um sort of uh you came to my attention was was over a year ago and um I think you did you doubled up with a trip in the states didn't you Um, I did yes you did I think it was a Taylor Serrano and a Canelo fight was it it was yeah it was Canelo Bivol and Taylor Serrano yeah oh my god that must sounds like an awesome trip (laughs) yeah that was uh it was a belated 40th birthday present and obviously had a couple of years where we didn't go abroad due to COVID and yeah, yeah, decided to throw it all in the hat and, uh, and do both those fights, which was you know a fantastic experience. Kind of once good in a for lifetime. you, Matt. And I'll hopefully catch you at a, catch you at an event soon. Will do. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, uh, Alex. Appreciate it. Cheers, Matt. Cheers, buddy. Speak soon. Hi. 
Okay, Sport D song listeners, our last guest was Counterpunch Matt from that fantastic Twitter feed on Twitter Boxing. Our next guest comes with a massive hat. He's a great guy in the world of boxing. We absolutely love him. It is Ra Hokum of Punch Out Boxing. Ra, welcome to the Sport to Song Boxing Podcast. How are you? I'm fab in here in sunny Riyadh. Um, there's a little flex. <laughs> help it. Uh, obviously, um, ending the year with uh, probably the biggest show of the year, at least in terms of glitz and glamour. I'm sure as purists, you'd question whether the actual fights make it the biggest night. But hey, um, it's all part of the adventure as us as boxing content creators uh, enjoy uh, embarking on these guys. Absolutely right. And uh, just before we crack on with the, the categories of the Sporty Song Awards, uh, Rob's got a, a good name for you, Ra, whilst you're out there. Yeah, for the next couple of days, mate, you're Riyadh Ra, okay? Wicked. Um, yeah, can you hashtag it everywhere? Hopefully, Turkey Alal Sheikh will get wind of it and say, "Wow, this guy, he, he should uh, he should be front and centre. Yeah, he's really pushing our brand." And Give that man an upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fantastic. So to kick on with uh, the awards, we're going to start with the first category. Ra, it's best fighter. Who's been your best fighter of twenty twenty three? Best fighter, right, um, as you're allowing me to choose who they are. Um, I'm going to go, I've, I've been consistent with this for years, even though at the last moment I wussed out and uh, switched, partly because I uh, thought by switching I'll jinx. Um, his opponent, and it was, of course, Terence Cole. Uh, I've been high on his, um, for me, pound for pound, number one, based on how the pound. It's not a real category, it's uh, whatever you want it to be. I define it, though, as how good you are relative to your peers. Um, there's going to be different factors involved. Um, you know, things like, I, I give a lot of emphasis if you're beating guys or girls uh, who are naturally bigger than you are, um, because your skill is obviously compensating for your size disadvantage. So the reason I ha I've had him as number one ahead of, say, someone like Usyk or in a way, is because I really do think the welterweight division, as it has been for most of boxing history, it's the toughest division. Um, and Crawford absolutely dominated the naturally much bigger man in Spence, who himself was considered a pound-for-pound pound, uh, candidate. So there you go. That is the man who I think is the best boxer this year. Um I'm so high on Terence. I think he can go all the way up and dethrone uh, Canelo. I know no, Rob, come on. You strong, Rob strongly disagrees with me in this. And I do think that maybe next year, if the, if the fight starts to get talked about in serious terms, let, let's do a proper breakdown of it. But um, 
Yeah, for me, Terence Crawford. Um, it's great, you know, like I said, the welterweight division, I've always been high on it. Some of the greatest fighters in history, pound for yeah. pound, have operated around that weight class. Uh, it is one of boxing's traditional weight classes. So to get an undisputed champ crowned and the manner he did it, yeah, that's that's why I'm uh, going for Listen, uh, Bud Crawford. Yeah, uh, I need to butt in there and just say I think it's a fantastic selection. I was also high off of Terence Crawford after that victory. Um, he, he sort of pushed Inouye off the pound-for-pound pound perch. I know it's a make-believe sort of um, category, but he, he pushed him off uh, almost uh, the weekend after, didn't he? Um, straight mm -hmm. off the bat. And, uh, yeah, I, I was absolutely buzzing for that fight. And uh, a great um, a great selection there, Rafa Crawford. Um, Rob, what's the next category we're going on to? Uh, yeah, so uh, next one, Ra, is um, who's your or what is your knockout of the year, pal? Oh, knockout of the year. <laughs> See, I like this, yeah, because um, Bud Crawford, I mean, apart from the first category you mentioned, I generally try and do ones where it was intimate to me, i.e. I was ringside. Because as you know, us guys, we do actually go to a lot of boxing shows. And I think there's something, it hits home different when you're there live ringside as opposed to watching it on TV. So, yeah, I'm sure a lot of your viewers are going to, disagree with well they might disagree with some of my potential candidates but i think when you're ringside so it was out of um a couple there was joe cordina's knockout of um oh god i forget the japanese chaps agawa uh, agawa yeah why yeah that was last year, year wasn't it was it yeah that was no. last year you sure it weren't this year? Yeah, it was Rackamov this year, wasn't it? Okay, all right. So that rules that one out. <laughs> yeah, that, that does. The other one... <laughs> and then there's, all right, there was two others that it could be. One, uh, Zhang's knockout of Joe Joyce. Um, something very spectacular about seeing those behemoths, the way they topple over. Mm. Um Sad, obviously, for Joe, because he, he is our guy. But, yeah, that, that was one potential one. Um, the reason I didn't go for that one in the end is because just like the Joe Cordina knockout last year, at the moment the punch landed, the referee was between my sight line of vision. So I didn't actually see it land. Yeah. So that's two great knockouts in consecutive years. that I actually missed the moment of impact. Um, so that's why I didn't go for that one. Um, the other one, uh, we were ringside for, uh, me, me and you, Alex, I believe you were there. Um, Nate Collins is knockout of, um, Raza Hamza, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a potential one. Uh, and the, the impact was, uh, caught for posterity on TV, uh, Tockers um, and me, <laughs> we were caught grimacing <laughs> ringside on, uh, on the on the live broadcast. Uh, he snipped that. I've actually, I've, I've, I've actually got that picture. Uh, I've got that picture <laughs> saved. So that, that'll be going out and sports song listeners. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so that was obviously, yeah, again, it was right above where we were sitting. Um, 
I opted against it again because it just sort of it all happened so quickly. It almost seems like it's like you want a little bit of a build-up to a knockout. Do you get me? Um, so I've opted against that for that reason. So in the end, the one that I've gone for, it's quite off-key, but again, it's because it was so close. Um, and it was Ellis Zorro's knockout of Hosea Burton. Um, again, right above where we... And poor Hosea's blood and sweat splattered the hat. So, a rite of passage that uh, every reporter has to go through. You get it. You got to get blood splattered across here. Um, I think someone. I think some might have gone gone in my mouth as well. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that hit home literally, very personally. It was also just you know the, the nature of the fight, the whole build. You know. The, what was at stake, um, you know, the story, how it sort of ended Hosea's career, and also just the sound of it, you know, being that close, you know, the yeah. cruiserweight, so, you know, the, the sound of that leather when it impacts, you know, seeing Hosea's, you know, face contort, uh, and then, he, you know, his six-foot-four frame collapsing right, uh, right above us, um, all yeah. very dramatic. It, uh, look it, at the it, implications it, of that for Zorro, look what he's got this weekend now, you know? Exactly, yeah, and uh, for for Zorro, it led on, led him on to something very big, and uh, very dangerous. <laughs> and we're not talking about your hat. Yeah. Listen, and also, um, Ra, you took a memento home. You took a bit of Jose Burton home with you as well. Yep, um, I have never washed the hat, uh, so <laughs> over the years, it's going to become a veritable color of fighters DNA <laughs> you know Listen, one, one um, day someone's going to extract it or everything from there and like make some sort of super fighter out of it <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen Ra, um, wasn't that the fight night when um, the whole of uh, York Hall erupted and that sort of uh, mass sort of uh, royal rumble escalated in the crowd yeah yeah disgraceful scenes afterwards um Hosea's fans, I guess, took umbrage with what they thought was gloating from Ellis's fans, and uh, off it yeah, went. They all started uh, clearing the, te- uh, the 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 chairs away for the, for the <laughs> organisers. <laughs> right then, listen, that's a great. It's a fact. It was a fantastic um, knockout, Ra. We'll be putting it out on the socials this week. Rob, what's the next category? Um, next category um, is fight of the year, Ra. Fight of the year. Again, um, yeah. one that's uh, very personal to me. Um, not the highest level, of course, uh, but another classic York Hall Southern Area title fight uh, at Super Welterweight. It was the Jack Martin defence against Shaq Day. The other um, week, yeah. Yeah, uh, no, that that was CJ Challenger the other week. Oh yes, uh, so he's Shaq been in a couple Day. of barnstorms, hasn't he? That was in what? Yeah, uh, Jack Martin again because I've sort of followed him and been interviewing him sort of quite early on in his career. You know, I've got a bit of that personal relationship with him, and he's been in three fights, which are arguable British fights of the year. Uh, he's one of those just you know down to earth, humble guys. 
um, but always gives great value in the ring. And that fight against Shaq Day was no exception. Um, it was just a war for 10 rounds. They just stood <laughs> toe to toe. Um, and and it weren't it weren't crude though either. I mean, Jack's a classic high volume pressure fighter, um, and Shaq Day is a is a very uh, very astute in fighter. Um, so yeah, there was blood, guts, courage, um, leather traded, ten rounds of that, and uh, yeah, Jack got the win. So again just being ringside for it, seeing it up close, you know, like I said, you see all the blood, you hear every punch land, and the atmosphere was electric as well, as it often is at York Hall. Yeah, Fa- fantastic. Right, listen, you, you, you've touched on the, no, that's what I was just to say, you, you, you've touched on the small hall um, sort of market there, and, and we know a, a lot of the fights that aren't televised uh, can sometimes push on and be, named in these categories fight of the year so uh, g- great selections from you ra um, the, the last rung in the category ra is probably um the the most uh, important um part of the category and it's breakthrough so who is your breakthrough yeah breakthrough um i am departing a little bit from small hall um and i'm going for the crazy Scouser Nick Ball. Um, you know, Quincy have been hyping him a bit somewhat over the past year. Um, he's asked, I believe, to be pushed. I don't think Frank Warren necessarily thought he was ready to be pushed as much as uh, yeah. he has been, but he demanded it, uh, which is great. You know, there's a lot of prospects that we often talk about that, yeah, they could be world class and blah, blah, blah. And then they found wanting. Um, but for me, that last fight in Manchester, um, dominating Dogbo, when Dogbo has only been dominated by other elite fighters. And Ramirez, those guys, that, those two guys' pedigree in different yeah. ways, of course. Um, there's never been any sign that Dogbo's on the slide or shot. Um, so for Nick Ball to do that, um, I think that for me is a breakthrough, uh, and I'm absolutely licking my lips at the prospects of him fighting Figueroa, uh, whether he can become a world champion at the first attempt because it is Figueroa, um, I wouldn't say he's a big underdog. He would, of course you'd say Figueroa is, is proven. And so he, he would be the favourite. But I think Ball uh, is uh, a good bet to be... Uh, yeah, to be I did hit. consider uh, Nick Ball as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just thought that... I think this year, it, like you say, he has broken through. He's shown... Sorry? Would you agree with that? That win is... win. Absolutely. And I think that even before that, the Lamati win, um, you know, Lamati was um, undefeated um, prior to that, wasn't he? Um, and he's shown two different sides of his repertoire as well to go, you know, 
a unanimous decision against Dogbo. And, you know, it was very unfortunate what happened to Lamati. But if you, you take just the performance into account, you know, it was a great performance, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, really good year. Yeah, I, I think it's a great shout, Ron. I, I, I think um, fighters like Nick Ball can sometimes go under the radar as breakthrough because he has been around um, for, for, for not quite a while, but he was certainly around a lot of 2022. And I, I think, um, but breakthrough, sometimes we always look at boxers who have only just come to the fore, but someone like Nick Ball, it's been building up and it was a fantastic fight against Dogbo. Uh, a great, great choice there, Nick Ball, Ra. Um, Ra, anything else before we let you get back to, um, to Riyadh and the great card out there in Saudi Arabia? No, you know what? Um, I'll just say to the fans, uh, I want to wish them a good Christmas and New Year. And, you know, this was a positive year for boxing. Uh, we do complain too much as fans because we want all the big fights. <laughs> but, um, you know what? This was a hell of a year. We had a couple of champions crowned. Um Rob, you know this, over the years, we've always complained, like, oh, there's too many champions, you know, you you can't tell who's who, who's yeah. the best. Well, actually, we've had, what, there's a good half a dozen undisputed champs uh, this year. Um, so Another one next that, week, potentially. Yeah, yeah there's one uh, to end the year. Probably, well, yeah, it, unless, in a way, Interpalo's inconceivably ends a draw, um, <laughs> we'll have, have another one. And... Um, Let's hope we get that undisputed heavyweight uh, champion crowned in February. But meanwhile, um, yeah, even this this card in in Riyadh, you got some top contenders fighting each other. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I do think that we're going to look back uh, maybe ten or twenty years from now at this period and think, yeah, this was this was a great period of boxing. So, so yeah, um, boxing fans, uh, hey, look, cheer up. Okay, Sport D-Song listeners, that was the guests of our final award show of 2023. We've now come on to mine and Rob's. We know you've all been waiting for it. Rob, where should we start first at this end of year award ceremony? We'll do, we'll do back to front to what we did um, previously. So we'll start with breakthrough of the year. Who have you got? Breakthrough of the year. You've caught me off guard, Rob. I don't like this. Um, breakthrough of the year, Rob. I, I'm going for a Mr. Liam O'Hare. And the okay. reason why I'm going for Mr. Liam O'Hare is because not only because he picked up that Midlands um, area, super middleweight area title, but it's been a tough, tough time for him. Um, he hasn't been able to get momentum going this year through injury. Um, he's shows now, getting pulled. Yeah. Shows getting pulled, um, and I just think capturing that belt and that title is enough for me to call Liam O'Hare the breakthrough of twenty twenty three. And and it, it, I I don't mean someone who's burst onto the scene and and done these things, but I just think to myself, you know, he's he's pushed through those early stages of his career. He's pushed through injury, and he's won himself the Midlands area title, which is no easy feat, is it? And got his first stoppage win as well. Um, you know, he's only had a handful of fights and he's already picked up his first belt. I was so happy for him. Um, but, you know, 
away from um the ring as well like it, he does so much for like mental health and um charity work he did a massive run from, from i think it was from hereford to london um you know for, and raised loads of money for charity as well so it's not always what goes on in the ring that defines you as well so um uh, just a great guy and you know good things do happen to good people sometimes you know absolutely it was just so great to see liam um holding that beautiful beautiful midlands area title and um, um, what i want to say as well is is we, we watch liam on instagram and his dedication to the sport of boxing the blood sweat and tears i like using that combination and um, we watch the pain he goes through and you know cutting cutting weight as well it's all these things that we sort of don't usually see you know boxing superstars going through and uh liam o'hare for me is a boxing superstar and he's the breakthrough of 20 23 um thankfully as well he's looking much healthier at super middleweight and like you just said rob he's getting stoppages stopping jack hutsby in that title fight so i'm going for liam o'hare rob um who's yours uh well i've gone a bit more mainstream i'll be honest um because the, the thing for me this year and it, what made it tough were not just for breakthrough but also for fighter of the year was um, the lack of activity. Um, yeah. Not many fighters have had that many fights, really. Um, but um, I've gone for someone who was already on people's radars, was, um, you know, getting some really good stoppage wins last year, um, but has really sort of shown something a bit different this year. Um, he's gotten a distance a few times with some tough, tough fuckers, to be honest. Um, and he's recently become European champion as well. So I'm going to go for Adam Azim. Um the, the, another reason I've gone for Adam Azim is um, I think he's really broke through that prospect to fringe world level barrier now. Um, you know, there's, there's talk of big fights, Dalton Smith, the fight, that fight has been mentioned. That's that's massive if they can work that between the two promoters. Um, I just think he's got it all. I think he can box, he can win. You know, his, his points wins this year have all been unanimous decision and wide. Um, he's not just a knockout artist. He's got a backflip in his locker <laughs> um yeah it was um it was quite an easy choice for me actually i'm gonna go for adam azim yeah rob listen uh adam azim was someone who i had written down um i i, I did think about uh choosing him as well i think with adam azim we've watched him go from you know he, he's never really been a prospect he's always from the moment he's got in that ring and you know he's very good amateur we know that but the, the minute he's got in that pro ring he's just done the business he did it very early on in 2022 um and and like you said there, there was a lot of hype around adam azine but 2023 we've seen him and i'm, I'm echoing your words rob we, we, we've seen adam azine uh, mature as a boxer we've seen him go the distance i think it's always nice to see a boxer um, go the distance and we've seen him pick up the european title which is no mean feat i think it's uh i think it's been a great year for adam azim and i think that is a worthy worthy selection rob i think it's a great selection uh, do you know what i um i so nearly picked andy cruz you know like because um i know he's only had two fights but like he was just unbelievable the other week, but I thought I can't be picking someone after two fights. So uh, yeah, I'll go. Maybe I'll pick him next year. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So that's a great uh, choice, Rob. Um, on to the next category. As we're going backwards, you've put me off uh, off kilt. Fight of the year. Fight yeah, of the this year. was really hard. I, I had like six or seven written down. Um, you know, I did, first of all, I didn't know whether to base it off fights I've been to, um, yeah, or fights that 
I've seen on TV. Um, best fight I've probably seen that I wasn't at was um, Jaime Munguia against Derevinchenko early this year. Yeah. Um, you know, Munguia's around sort of 40, you know, really got pushed, um, you know, and he, and he finally got got the win at the end but um that was a fantastic fight for no one's seen it go and watch that back Jaime Munguia against Derevinchenko um but I'm gonna go with one that I've pretty much stuck with all year um I was lucky enough to be there I'm gonna go for Cordina and Rakimov um the reason for that a a number of things um one was the occasion with the the atmosphere um there was a big sort of um unjust feeling that Cordina had had the belt taken off him um, when he got injured last year after beating Agawa. There's, there's something special about taking back something you feel you shouldn't have t- had taken off you. Yeah. Um, and the fight was just quality. Like, what? not just Cordina, Rakimov. Like, it was just two guys at such a high level um, delivering just a brilliant, brilliant fight. Great chins. Um, both had power. It was skillful. Um, I just thought it was great. So I'm going to go with Cordina Rakimov. Yeah, well, listen, uh, I'm going to say one word and one word only. It might give it away a little bit. Um, Redemption. Redemption. I've picked... Cordina versus Rakimov as well. Oh, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I literally, um, I, I think with this category, um, I don't think you you need to think about it too much. I think you literally go on what fight caught you in the moment, made you excited, a, a fight that I you feel. couldn't couldn't take your eyes off. You were on the edge of your seat. This fight did that. It had it all. We had the, the, the knockdown from Cordina. We had Rakimov coming back so strong towards the later rounds. And, you know, Cordina literally out on his feet. It was, Rob, it was unbelievable. You were there. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you were lucky enough to be there on that match from show. Just a, a stunning fight of boxing to watch. I, not just the technicalities, but the heart you know, um, how both boxers stayed on their feet. It was feet. a split as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just that that fight to me, if, if if we roll it back in our minds, just had everything. I absolutely loved it. Um, I was buzzing for you um, being there. It, yeah, it, I, I, I couldn't really match any other fight than that. There, there were lots. We I think know you that. could stick Cordina Rakimov in any era and it would still stand out. I think that's a good way of judging it. Um, any others that sort of came to mind, mate, while you were considering? Um, yeah, there, there, there was plenty I was at. Um, sort of, um, I'm not going to belittle them by saying smaller horse shows, but there, there was a lot of prospect boxers on Queensbury that I enjoyed watching this year. Mark Chamberlain, um, Mark Henry, um, I believe that's his name. Um, I can't think of his first name now, but Henry, who boxes under Queensbury, uh, th- th- they were great fights to Turner, be at. Henry Turner. Yeah, sorry, Henry Turner. My yeah. apologies, Henry Turner. Yeah, um, Henry Turner. Yeah, um, Zorro versus um, Jose Burton. That was, was a great fight, w- w- yeah. W- was a great fight to watch ringside as well. Um, and I really like Kane and Baluta. Yeah, K- K- Kane and Baluta as well. So th- 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 there were many, many fights. But um, I think with this category, Rob, you have to go with the one that just sticks in your mind. I mean, I, I was going to go with Crawford and Spence, but... It- Crawford did a number on him, didn't he? The biggest event of the year by far. Biggest event of the year, but uh, Crawford did an absolute number on him. Um, Rob, there we go. We, we, we've almost had a bit of a... It's like a, when there's a stoppage at a big event. We've gone straight <laughs> through the categories. We've gone on to best KO. What an amazing category this is. Um, I'll let you go first for best KO. 
Okay. Um, oh, this was the hardest one because it's what you like, isn't it? Do you like one where there's an upset? Do you like it where it's just just the, the most horrific knockout you've ever seen? I mean, the 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 criteria is so subjective on this one, isn't it? Um, um, I went with um, a fight on the undercard of, funny enough, Cordina and Vasquez in Monaco. Um, there was a, a world title fight at light flyweight between um, Non Shinga, um, South African fella, who was, um, I believe, well, unbeaten, um, sort of yeah. 12, 13 unbeaten. He was a big favourite, 1 to 8, 1 to 10, um, fighting against, surprise, surprise, a Mexican um, who came in with, I think it was 23 and 4 or 23 and 5. He'd only had about five KOs. Nothing indicated that he was going to absolutely spark Nonshinger out in, in the second round. And um, just uh, over and right, absolutely crumpled him down the ropes. He was out cold and the ref had waved it off before he'd even landed on the floor, I think. But, um, um, I mean, we'll, we'll stick these out later. But, um, yeah, Adrian Curiel versus, um, I hope I've pronounced this right, Seventai Nonshinger um, to, to shock the world and win the IBF light flyweight title. Yeah, just uh, that that punch uh, in particular was just absolutely stunning, Rob. I think I it's... remember sending you WhatsApp going, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, I, and I remember seeing it. It's it's one of those ones that you almost want to look away from, don't you? It was in just... that Monaco casino as well. Yeah, fantastic punch. Um, it had everything you'd want from a show real knockout, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah. yeah, quite sensational. And as we said, sport to song listeners. Oh, never announced the rematch, there. by the way. Oh, fantastic! There we go. There could be a a redemption for um for, for that, that. Yeah, no, Shinga. Um, Rob, I think that's a great knockout. Like I said, uh, sports and listeners, we are going to be putting these out throughout the week with our results from this end of year award ceremony. Rob, um, my KO is a. I'm not going to say it's a strange one, but it's certainly one. Um, the the the, the KO I put out last year was Joe Joyce against um, Joseph Parker because of the repercussions it put throughout that division. Um, this particular KO that I'm picking um, did just that. It caused an absolute shockwave, not just for uh, the spectators in, in the stadium, but also for um, what it meant to that particular division and that fighter. I, I, I'm going for uh, Mauricio Lara. He's KO against Lee Wood. Um, I, I just think it was pretty devastating i think it knocked everyone off kilter we wasn't expecting it and uh it it won him the fight he was losing the fight as we know on points and uh, i think for that reason he needed the ko and he bought it yeah good shout um i was there and um it was a very very nervous arena because lee wood was picking up rounds but everybody knew in there that he was going to land at some point and how would Lee handle it? And the answer was not very well. So, um, yeah, great shout. It was such a conclusive, I think it was a left, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Um, um, obviously, the yeah, story it was a left. You know, yeah, yeah. started a, a chain of events that became such a big talking point this year in British boxing. But, um, yeah, great shout. Yeah, and, and when I talk about repercussions, Rob, from, from a punch, um, yeah, like you said, Lara just stepped in, uh, it was a left hook and it, it completely took uh, everything Lee Wood had left in that ring out of him. It was a stunning knockout in my eyes. Um, I, I, just a couple of things that come came off the back of that knockout. We had the Ben Davison, uh, Davidson um, wow. towel 
I mean, for me, an iconic moment in in modern boxing because that towel came in. He saved his boxer for that rematch. And what a rematch it was. We saw Lee Wood go back in the ring and uh, reclaim his belt. And it he wouldn't have been able to do that uh, probably in that quick space of time if it wasn't for Ben Davison. So the Ben Davison towel, we then had uh, the... Towel of the year. Towel of the year. <laughs> um, and, and from that KO, we then had the spectacle of Lee Wood not only training with the sombrero. Um, oh, my that, God, that, when he the, walked back out the, of it. Oh. The sombrero in his training camp, but walking back out with the sombrero, all because of that Mauricio Lara KO, Rob. So, uh, yeah, for me, it stands out as being one that gave us probably uh, one of the sort of events of the year. Yeah, completely agree. Good shot. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Rob, best fighter is a great category. Um, let's, yeah, let's go with you going first for best best fighter of the year. Um, a bit like what Matt said, really. Um, mine is very much hinging on next week with Inoue. Um, yeah. I'm going to say it with an asterisk, but I'm going to go with Inoue um, because I'm fully convinced that he's going to win on Boxing Day. Um, yeah. I just think that, I mean, this time last year, he'd gone um, super, sorry, um, he'd gone undisputed at Bantamweight. Within just two fights, he'll have picked up undisputed at Super Bantam. Like, that is Hall of Fame shit, that is. I mean, yeah. you don't go up a division and, you know, usually you have a testify or you go in with a fringe guy or... Um, but to go in and take all four belts potentially by Boxing Day in two fights is is crazy. Um, you know, he got Fulton over to Japan. Fulton was the man and, and he just went in there and did an absolute job on him, didn't he? And, yeah. Um, I would for one thing I would say is I'd like to see a new way more outside of Japan because I think that is a big thing for him. But I I don't think it would make a difference. I think wherever he fought, it, it would be the same sort of result. So um I'm gonna say a new way. Um we mentioned a guy there just now in Lee Wood. Um I'm gonna make I, I know we haven't really got a category category for this, but he's certainly my British fighter of the year. Um, yeah, yeah. Because like you say, he had that you know, horrible knockout loss to Lara. He's dusted himself off thanks to Ben Davison, come back, won it on points, um, and then went on to to, you know, knock Josh Warrington out. You know, not many fighters have had three fights this year, let alone the story that Lee Woods had. So yeah, he would be my UK pick. But um yeah, I'll go over anyway. Listen, Rob, it's a great subcategory there. And I I completely agree with you. Lee Wood, what a year. Not only has he provided all of us with um, with some great, great entertainment, but he's claimed that world title back as well. Uh, Rob, in UA, you picked in UA. Um, I, I, you, there, there's no argument for me. It's just, uh, you know, he's a colossus in the world of boxing, isn't he? And uh, he's uh, certainly lived up to the mantle of monster uh, this year. But Rob, my pick for fight, best fighter of the year. I, I, I did have a big uh, sort of think about this. I've gone a little bit off piste with my selections this year. Um, but I, I'm going to give it to this guy for uh, a couple of reasons. And um, firstly and foremost is um, he's always in and around um, the sort of fight week with a big smile on his face. Um, he, he, he's a great, great character. Um, he brings um, some fun and excitement to all of his fights. Um, when he gets in the boxing ring, I probably feel that uh, there's not many fighters that show the amount of tenacity that he has 
in a boxing ring. And um, I think the two results he got this year in 2023 were, were pretty phenomenal because he was put in the ring to sort of almost be uh, acid test and a bit of a sort of uh, a chart, a gateway for, for, for a certain promotion teams, uh, up and coming boxers. And mine is in, you know, Beluta, um, for sorry, five... Alex, I lost you there for five ten yeah, seconds. That's all right. My, my, mine is Inuit Beluta Rob. Wow, Beluta for Fighter of the Year because he went in with Kane, and we all expected Kane to do a bit of a demolition job, and Beluta came through the other end. He then went in with uh, McCann, and again, you know, lots of people believe McCann, and he, he you know, he went and got a draw. So uh, for me just on tenacity alone and boxing ability and having that big smile on his face all year round. Yeah. Baluta for me. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a fight for you in no way and Baluta are in the same division as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and, and you know, you know, uh, Baluta would be absolutely up for that as well. Don't you? Yeah. Look, look I, Baluta, I mean, I wasn't expecting that, but like, Baluta is, he's just such a character. I think he's probably paid off his mortgage. Thanks to Frank Warren. I mean, you know, he's, he's gone, ran the gauntlet of, um, super bantamweights and bantamweights that Queensbury seem to have. Um, and there's plenty more where that came from as well. So, um, yeah, interesting pick mate, but, um, a, a firm fan favorite. And that doesn't happen often for, um, you know, overseas fighters over here. Okay, Sport D song listeners, that was mine and Rob's and our guest's final selections for the end of year Sport D song awards ceremony. Rob, that was a lot of fun. Um, we're capping off the end of the year. It is Christmas. Any message you want to put out to the Sport D song listeners before we come back in 2024? Um, no, not really. Just everyone have a have a good time. Thanks um, to everyone who's listened this year and. Um, uh, you know, contributed, giving us shit on Twitter, giving us compliments, <laughs> listened, not listened, um, shared posts. Um, we appreciate you all. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. And, um, you know, we've got a lot of good plans coming up for the new year, some good people to get on as well. So I'm sure you'll enjoy that. Um, Alex, do you want to share a bit of news with everybody? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just echo Rob as well. I've done a lot of that today on the podcast, but I just want to say to Rob, yeah, all the people that get involved in the podcast who retweet and like our our stuff and put the podcast out into the world um for us um i just want to say a big thank you it's uh it's very very much appreciated on our part um j just to just to touch on before we close off uh, we've had a bit of a christmas present an early christmas present um from the people at the sports podcast award as sport de song has been nominated for the combat sports section of this particular award um rob we're absolutely made up aren't we and we're in there with some big big names yeah that is ridiculous <laughs> um yeah I'll, when you sent me the um the email and the, the confirmation like i thought no surely not but hey look it's um it's a privilege to be in there with them um you know we'll, we'll put a link out to to anyone who'd like to vote for us um you know, it, it's very easy sometimes, I think, to, to listen to a podcast and, you know, delete it from your list and then suddenly you've listened to it and that's it. But so much goes on behind the scenes, like to, to get this happening, um, signal issues, um, you know, getting guests on, working around fighters, um, sort of timetables, training schedules, jobs, 
Um, it, it's it's a real. I mean, you, you would be really surprised how much me and Alex have to talk to each other all day, every day to get you know an hour put together every fortnight. So um, anyone who'd like to vote for us, like, would be sort of eternally grateful, wouldn't we? Yeah, it's. Uh... It's been it's been a, a I wouldn't say a tough couple of years. It's been an extremely enjoyable couple of years. But um, having this uh, nomination for for myself and Rob uh, is is something that we we never expected, and uh, we, we almost feel like we've won an award um, already just by being nominated. And um, thank if, you if to you the can... panel. Yeah. Absolutely. And if, if you can vote for us, um, again, we are up against some very big names, uh, some great names in the world of boxing content. Uh, give us your vote. Why not? Eh? It's Christmas after all. <laughs> but um, yeah, for, from me, um, everyone have a great Christmas and a great uh, new year. And we shall see you in January. <laughs> <laughs>